Good morning. Thanks for joining us for Community Stories here on KMSU Radio. I have a very special guest this morning. It is the 13th president of Minnesota State University Mankato, Dr. Edward Inch. Good morning, Dr. Inch. Good morning. I'm really happy to be here. Thank well, you we're for happy the to have you. You are so new. I mean, you literally started July 1st here in Mankato, and we're still in just not too far into July. How has it been so far coming from California to here? It's been terrific. Uh, and a lot of things have made it very nice. One of the things I was most interested in was having a community and a university that is connected well with its university. And people here have been tremendous, and they've been very open to ideas and conversations. So it's been, it's been a great start. Talk a little bit about where you've come from. I mentioned you recent, most recently came from California, yeah. but what was your path to get here to the presidency here at Minnesota State? Well, most of my life has been on Interstate 5. So I, okay. I uh, grew up on an island uh, just off of Seattle, which was a very rural community of about 10, 12,000 people. I got educated at Western Washington University in Bellingham, Washington, went to the University of Oregon, went to the University of Washington. I worked for 23 years at Pacific Lutheran University, a small uh, comprehensive liberal arts-based college in uh, uh, Tacoma, Washington. But uh, after working at Pacific Lutheran for a long time, I had an opportunity to uh, go to Sacramento State and serve as the dean of, of uh, arts and letters there. And I served there five years, and then the last five years was at Cal State East Bay. But when I began looking at opportunities about where, where to move from there and whether to stay in that system, uh, the thing that I, I missed were kind of where my roots came from. And my roots were in a small, tightly knit community with people who mutually care for one another, but also celebrate the importance of education and empowering their kids to have successful lives and to have lives, lives of civic engagement. And so as I looked, this, this opportunity became very special. And uh, I'm so thankful it worked out the way it did. Well, it's interesting to note that the ca the university you came from in California was very similar in size to mm -hmm. what we have here. Very. Um, Cal State East Bay is very similar in so many different ways. Size is part of it. Resources is part of it. And it was a great place to work. I enjoyed that campus a lot. But by virtue of being in that area, traffic is difficult. And uh, being able to be on campus regularly was hard because we live so far away from from the campus and one of the things I most look forward to here is being able to engage with the activities that are going on campus. I, I like being able to go to concerts and plays and sporting events and to be uh, immersed with with our students and with our community and the supporters. It's a very vibrant kind of kind of experience and I, I, I believe that's this campus. Everything that I've learned about this campus, what I've read about this campus is it is engaged with its region, with its students, and it is a place that I, I think there's going to be a, a lot of growth we can do together. Well, from what we've heard about mm -hmm. California, there is a lot of traffic and a lot of crowding, so this must seem like living in the country to you. It is living in the country Well, to you me, know, when, when, when you're from a small town in Wisconsin and you come yes. here, this is like a big city for many people in our region. So for you, how, how is, it's a big change. Actually, it reminds me more of how I grew up. Okay. Because I had I lived on a relatively small island that was very rural. We grew strawberries and other crops, and we had a little family farm. Uh, and for us, the big excursion to the big city was taking the ferry over to Seattle. So we were very close to the big excursion in Seattle, and and it's same here is that you get the same kind of uh, 
sense of values, the same kind of sense of community here. And I don't know, the, the size seems to fit. And the, the people here seem to fit what, what I was hoping for. And I just feel very, very fortunate every day that this is the, the place that, that worked out because so far it's been a remarkable, remarkable first few weeks. I want to talk about farming. I am a dairy farm girl from Wisconsin, so I love farming. So when I saw you had a farm background, I was just curious, what, what is that background and what did you raise? And, and maybe it wasn't as big as ours, but, no. you know. Tiny, just, tiny family farm that was mostly for um, our family or for our family to trade with neighbors. So it was a variety of vegetables um, and sissy goat. You know, we had a couple of goats for me. Okay. And that was, you know, that was where I grew up. It was just a few acres. And it was really just about our, our family, neighbors, and being able to uh, uh, connect and, and share food, and which meant that we had great opportunities for picnics and we had opportunities to have uh, people over to our home. And it's something that I like doing is, is inviting members of our community, our students, to, to my home and, and be able to have a picnic or be able to celebrate the achievements of where I am at. Where I'm at. So. I feel like you're talking about Mayberry RFD a little well, bit. Well, <laughs> it kind of feels that way sometimes, although this is further ahead than Mayberry was. Sure. Because Mayberry, I don't think, had a stoplight. No. The island true. where I grew up, the <laughs> biggest controversy I remember growing up was whether or not we should have a stoplight. Oh, I know. Yeah. So to me, Mankato, compared to where I grew up, is, is a pretty big town. Plus, roundabouts, of course. Roundabouts have to get used to those. Absolutely. We didn't do roundabouts where I grew up. No, we didn't. We didn't either. That was a relatively new thing for me, too. So, so it sounds like you are feeling quite at home here in Mankato. What other sorts of things do you like to do? I mean, I think I saw a picture of you somewhere doing, a, I don't know, was a triathlon or duath, oh. uh, something, biking or something. So I thought, well, this must be great for him because of all the trails we have. Is that one of the attractive pieces for you? That is hugely attractive. Uh, I uh, did a, a short triathlon, it's the half triathlon, um, a few years ago when I was in really good shape. COVID did not help okay. me there. <laughs> but uh, I have my bike here, and um, I plan on having my bike uh, tuned up and get ready for the road because I would very much like to get back on the trails. That's always been fun. It's, it's, biking for me is a good chance just to kind of decompress, to let your mind wander and think about uh, whatever you're working on at the time. It, it's, it's just, it's the space is, is always very nice. So I've, I've, I look forward to that. I just haven't had time to get my bike down to the shop. Right, and there's some great bike shops around here, by the way, too. Uh, they've been referred to me. Yes, so yes, I'm sure they have. So who is Dr. Inch besides a, a university president? They like to bike. What other sorts of things might people find interesting about you that maybe they wouldn't see behind the suit and the tie? Well, that's a good question. You know, I, I think people are the sum of all of their experiences they have and, and whatever they add specially to it. And I, I think back about sometimes, you know, what, what's the road that got me here? And there's so many pieces there. But I think one of the most important pieces was um, a real healthy respect for those people that do the work and know how to get work done. I learned so many good lessons the way I paid my way through my graduate school was uh, working in the commercial fishery in Alaska. Really? Yeah. I spent almost 10 years doing that. And I learned a ton because the, the kind of work people were doing, some skilled work, some not skilled work, but all of it required an intensity and stamina and the, 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 the intrinsic value of the work that was being done. 
And uh, I thought about staying in that industry as opposed to going to education, but ended up going into education. I think that worked out okay. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but I, I think back on that a lot because they're very good lessons that you learn when you're doing when you're doing the job. And I took that to the way I taught, that the, the kind of uh, teaching I was working on was trying to make it very experiential, make sure that students got to engage their discipline with what the world looked like when you used your discipline in it. I, I, I uh, coached our speech and debate team at Pacific Lutheran for 17 years, and we traveled all over the, the country to be able to debate students from other uh, universities. And I spent a lot of time driving in vans with students. And you learn a lot about what the student experience is like. You learn a lot about where their struggles are. And, and I took that to heart. I think that what that ha has really focused me on was uh, that the purpose of the university is around its students. You know, and because of that, we need to think about how our systems align to support their success and then to understand and really partner with our students about what do we need to do to provide services, support, how do we work together to enhance the student experience on campus. And that's one of the things about this campus is our alums are very loyal to the campus and all of them that I've spoken with so far talk about the quality of the experience that they've had with their faculty, with staff members, and that this place helped launch them. And that, that feeling's pretty powerful. So, you know, I, I, I credit some of that to going back to sliming fish way back when, or working on uh, some of the, the tenders that, that bought fish for us was, you know, there's hard work, but that hard work builds something. And I think part of the hard work our students do on a campus like this, they work very hard for their time here, but that gives them something to build on as they go seek to be civically engaged to, to work in whatever career or profession they choose. And for me, that's always been very fulfilling in terms of what I think I do best is help people achieve their educational dreams. And so I go way back to to sliming fish in Alaska. I love that because that is a big piece of what Minnesota State is about is that learn by doing that yep. big ideas, real world solutions experience. I mean, and that truly exactly right. is what th this university is founded on. So the fact that here's the president, you're in your position mm -hmm. now that was back sliming fish. I mean, a lot of students, I think, could probably relate to that. I suspect they could. So we, I didn't do farming beyond the time we yep. left our little family farm, but I did do fish. How'd you end up in Alaska, by the way? Was that like a summer job or? It was a summer job and uh, I was connected to it through uh, my college roommate uh, who came from a place called Cathalam uh, at Washington, which is where the fishers would winter and work on their nets and things. And then they would all go to Alaska. And it was a good gig to go to Alaska every summer. And so then I had students when I was working at the University of Oregon that I would um, help get up to Alaska so they could get jobs there as well. Did you ever fish then too? Uh, uh, fishing, not so much. Because <laughs> we do I, have a lot of lakes here I in know, southern Minnesota. I, you know, we were doing a million pounds of salmon a day, and I'm sort of, I've sort of got done with fish after that. Okay, very so good. So I, I, I eat fish, though. Fish is delicious, but I don't fish. It's, you've had it, you're I've, doing I've that. I've that part. I'm good. We have with us today one of our students. She is an intern here. Her name is Alex Kearley, and I know she has a question prepared that she would like to ask you as well. Okay. So, so go ahead, Alex, and, and go ahead and ask. Hi, so I was just wondering, what are your top priorities as you begin this new role as president here at MSU? You know, that, that's a great question. And, and I've, I've outlined what I think are the five big priorities with cabinet that I think we, we, we ought to address. Probably the most important of the priorities is uh, designing intentionally what it is we think 
the student experience needs to be. And that, that comes in collaboration with our students, that comes in talking with our alums and community members. But what is the experience? Because part of our experience we know are the academics and the pathway that you have there. But it's also around the kinds of learning support that we align with our students. It is also how we engage our community with experiential opportunities outside campus walls. So what is, what is it we think we ought to build? Because over the next few years, well, the future of, of our place ought to be around, you know, what creates a destination here? What is unique and important and special about us that attracts students from across the state? And I think we have all of those pieces in place, but it is around unifying those into a really clear sense of the experience we want for our students. And, you know, I was reading the, the student paper from last year, and, and it's real clear that students want to have more experiences engaging their uh, curriculum and their education with problems they can solve. So I think that's a big piece. I think we ought to look at our enrollment uh, and how it is, you know, do we continue to focus on traditional age students or transfer students, adult learners, uh, students that for whatever reason have stopped out? What does that look like? Do we have the right program mix in place? Do we have the right majors, for example? So it's those types of things, but it all comes under the larger umbrella is what is the experience we think is best going to equip our students in order for them to be successful? And it could be going to Alaska and slimy fish, but I suspect it's other things. <laughs> By the way, Alex, part of her job is at, not only as an intern here, but she also serves as a guide for orientation here on campus. So that's some of her experience. Better probably than sliming fish. <laughs> yeah, I get to have the opportunity to welcome potential students to campus here and show them around and hopefully have a big impact that they do choose to come to school here, which I really love doing. Well, that's a particularly important job, as you know, because it's one of the first points of contact students have with our campus. And so, you know, I come out of the discipline of communication. So I listen to the stories we tell about our campus and, and telling it really, telling our story, telling it well, having a good narrative, um, I think is one of the big things that attracts students here. So that's why when I, when I originally kind of just showed up in one of your uh, tours, I just wanted to listen to what you were saying, and I thought it was quite good. I was interested in coming, and I was already there. <laughs> but I, I think that's part of it, is how we engage our community with what it is we do and how we help tell our story so that others understand what we're about, what we're trying to do. I think those are the big opportunities that we have. So coming to, to Mankato, was there any surprises when you came here that you didn't expect? Well... This is going to seem obvious. So when I left um, the East Bay, where I was the last five years, everybody to a person said, you do know it gets cold there, right? <laughs> I went, yes. And, and uh, as a going away present, I was given a snow shovel, which will come in handy. Yes. So that's fine. No one said, and by the way, it's awfully hot in the summer <laughs> and humid. Yes, so, that too. Uh, you know, it's pretty much exactly what I thought. And I'd been on campus a long time ago uh, as part of my work with speech and debate because oh. there were tournaments here. And, you know, I, I was at a Lutheran university and we'd done some work at Bethany Lutheran. And so I'd been in the community. It, it, it had grown a lot more than I thought it had, would sure. have. But uh, no, it's, it's pretty much what I expected. Didn't expect the road construction that you know, I have to learn to route around some of the places, but that's a temporary thing. Well, that's just one of the seasons because, you know, there's winter and right. road construction season, as they tell you. So you'll once you make it through this and you make it through winter, you'll have it made. I've already heard that. So I'm, I figure I'm good. And, you know, I, I, it, it's the, the place is what I had hoped. 
and I can say that six weeks in since moved in uh, June, but uh, the place is what I'd hoped, and the, the people are better than I'd hoped. So. Well, that's wonderful to hear. No, it's, it's been tremendous. Uh, what do you hope happens in the next month? Uh, or six months, because, you know, we, of course, you experienced COVID, we experienced COVID, everything was closed down, and now things are a little kind of on the edge with the new variants yeah. and things. Are you prepared to come back fully? Are we preparing to maybe have some alternative look to the year? I think we have to plan for all contingencies. Uh, my hope is that we're able to come back as face-to-face uh, -face as possible that is safe within health guidelines, but recognizing that if things were to go bad, we might have to make, some, well, we will have to make some choices. My hope also is that people behaving responsibly, masking is appropriate, social distancing is appropriate, getting their vaccination will mitigate the, any potential long-term damage or, or will, will help, help us not have to return to isolation. So I'm hopeful there, but we have to plan for everything. The, the big thing that I think is important is that while we can deliver a curriculum via Zoom and do a lot of learning support via Zoom, and that's tremendous, it is not the same. Oh, no. What you can't do as well through Zoom are make personal connections. You cannot kind of feel the presence of a room. You can't have the informal conversations that often move an agenda better. So I can do a listening tour by getting people on Zoom, but it is a very different experience than being in a room with somebody. And when I was in the classroom teaching, it was the same thing. Uh, it was when you're in community with your students, you get a sense of where the students are at and what's making sense or what isn't. Just by the way they look at you, sometimes in questioning, going, huh? But you don't see that on Zoom as well. And so I, my hope is that we are together in a way that, that supports our learning environment. I also know that in the next six months, we're going to sort out what are the pieces of the pandemic that make the most sense to carry forward. Because I do think the flexibility that Zoom gave us was awfully good. So I think our, you know, our faculty and our students are going to work through what's the right kind of blend as we, we approach this year. And I think there, there will be some good pieces that come out of it. Well, I know because you were at in California mm -hmm. when everything transitioned there. Was mm. there anything, any big piece of, of I guess, information you took away from there that you can apply here, maybe in your experience there, that uh, a lesson maybe? Well, the lesson or the uh, moral of the story, I guess, was this, that, uh, you know, we there, as many places have, have talked for years about moving to uh, more online delivery and a variety of other things, and, and uh, including paperless processes and all of that. And there are always reasons why, well, we can't do that, this doesn't work. And in a period of a week, uh, our whole campus, as did many campuses across the country, uh, were able to transition using new technologies that many of our folks were not very familiar with. That's for sure. <laughs> and we became good at it. Yeah. Right? We became good at it because we had to. And the, the message I take from that is that uh, people in higher ed sometimes are, are, we're told that we're pretty conservative, slow to move on new, new initiatives and technologies. Maybe. But I think the pandemic showed us that we are resilient, that we can move quickly, that we can move smartly. And the big message I took from at least the work that I was doing was that when all of us get together, even when it's a very tight time frame, because I brought groups of people together to work on the, the instructional continuity plan, uh, they, we can be creative, we can think out of the box, 
and we can come up with solutions that worked well. And I thought we did well, as I think this campus did well. And there are technologies and innovations that were done on this campus that I think will help us into the future long past pandemic. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we all had a big learning curve last year. So what do you see as one of your biggest, I guess, challenges coming in as a new president to Minnesota State Mankato? Well, I'll begin with where I feel very fortunate is uh, this campus is in awfully good shape. Uh, The people who have been at this campus for the last however long have done a very good job on ensuring that we have a campus that is physically in good shape, that the uh, finances are in good shape. And I know that many universities struggled through the pandemic and there's a rebuilding period that has to happen. I think we have a very good foundation from which to write our next chapter, whatever that's going to look like. So I don't find a lot of deficits here other than I think we need to be thinking about, you know, our enrollment strategies and how we shore that up given that uh, traditional populations of students are changing. I think we need to look at the program mix that we have, the experience we want students to have, but probably the most important is to be very intentional about ensuring that every single student has an equitable experience and has an opportunity to earn their degree and that the role of the university is to help support that student's efforts because if our students graduate and if they if we can help them graduate with minimum debt, then they launch into their lives in ways that allow them to buy houses and cars, have families, and be civically engaged. And when I talk about being civically engaged, what I mean is that our students being educated and having thought through who they are, which is one of the things universities help do, I think by civic, civil engagement, we have constructive conversations about our communities, our state, and we have conversations that take all of us up to whatever that next level is going to be. And, and I, you know, what I tell people is if we do our job really, really well, then our students are going to be very successful in whatever they choose to do. And whether they go into uh, careers in business or they're in nonprofits or they're simply members of a community, that we are richer for having students that have succeeded here. Several times you've mentioned the word civic engagement, Mm -hmm. one of the things that you found attractive about this university and would like to see more of. How do you see yourself civically engaged within the the community of Mankato, or is it too early to tell? Well, probably the safe answer is it's too early to tell, but (laughs) the reality is I've gotten to meet uh, some awfully good people here already. Uh, and people in leadership positions from the superintendent of of our schools to the greater Mankato uh, growth uh, organization around uh, uh, what the uh, aspirations are for the region and and business development. I've gotten to uh, uh, meet with with a whole slew of uh, civic leaders. So when I talk about uh, being engaged, uh, you know, civic engagement, what I'm talking about is the collective responsibility we have for helping make our communities stronger, our families more resilient, and improving the life of people in our state and beyond that, right? And so when our students are empowered, when the people who work here have a mission about supporting student success, not only while students are here, but so many stories of students and faculty that have stayed in touch with one another. When you have that sense of responsibility around raising up, a community and a region, 
that's my hope. You know, and that's what I that's what I see that that's our opportunity for a university that's designed like ours. I mean, you know, we're called a regional comprehensive university, and, and really, the region is where we're located. But the impact of the university is so much more than that. It reaches beyond the state. It reaches globally. If you look at where our students end up, but for the most part, for the most part, our students will stay in Minnesota. And if you think about that, when students stay in the state where they were educated, they become part of the community that's going to take us as a region, as a state, to whatever our next best selves are. And I think that's with Greater Mankato Growth, with uh, some of the other organizations I've met with, they all see that there, there are chances for us to have partnerships or conversations with one another that give our students opportunities, but also represent an investment in our own region. Wonderful. Yeah. And anything else you think would be interesting for people to know about Dr. Edward Inch? When I find time again, because right now it's been busy and moving and all of that, I miss having a boat. Oh, and okay. I understand there's some lakes here. Yes. And I could have a boat again. So I look forward to being able, because for me, like bike riding, that's a time to float around and be with some friends and, and just enjoy time on the water. There's something calming about that. I want to tell you, the lakes here probably are not as big as what you're used to out in California on your island out there. <laughs> no, that's probably true. So I'm thinking pontoon boat. <laughs> you are probably more correct in that area. Well, it's been a delight to visit with you and learn a little bit more about your background. And well, thank you. I wish you the, the best first year ever. And I know that it sounds like you're kind of a hands-on kind of guy getting out and about meeting people. I do try. Well, that's the way you learn about things. I think I take that from speech and debate, is driving around in vans with a dozen students is how you get a sense of the, the pulse, what people are feeling, where their pressures are, where their successes are. And so I've liked wandering around, wandering around campus and wandering around the town. Well, we, we appreciate all that uh, you have uh, brought to our community in, in terms of your skills, and we look forward to having you here at Minnesota State Mankato. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much.